Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Thankful for each of you here, and we're going to conclude our series today that I've been speaking on for the last uh, five weeks. This is our fifth week, and I've been speaking on the five love languages. Everybody say five love languages. Now, there could be more than that, but I'm using a, a book in addition to the Bible, this book that's written by an author called Gary Chapman, and he wrote the five love languages, and I'll touch on that, but uh, I want to quickly just remind us that sometimes people think that marriage is a fairy tale, that our prince or princess is going to come running up to us on a beach in slow motion, and then we're going to embrace and live happily ever after forever. How many know that's not reality? That will never happen. Can I just tell you that right now? And, uh, you know, marriage takes work. Marriage or any serious relationship takes commitment. Say commitment with me. Commitment. It's been said that marriage is like a three-ring circus. First, there's the engagement ring. Then there's the wedding ring. Then there's the suffering. I'm just kidding. It's been said that. I didn't say it. It's been said that. And I'll just conclude with this last story. There was a couple who were celebrating 50 years of marriage at a celebration when the husband stood up and declared to his wife, after 50 years, you have been tried and true. But the wife was hard of hearing. And she got up and she replied, well, after 50 years, I'm tired of you too. You know, marriage isn't supposed to be like that. Marriage can be successful, but it takes work. It takes commitment, amen? And all of us have to work at it. If there's just only one person working in a relationship, it's doomed for failure. Can I just tell you that right now? It's doomed for failure. You both have to be committed to each other. Do you want to know what a successful marriage looks like? Take a look at my mom and dad. They've been married for 64 years. Give them another hand today. I've been recognizing them every week. Now, they'll be the first to tell you their marriage isn't perfect. There is no perfect marriage, but yet they're here together 64 years later. They're doing something right. Amen? They've learned to communicate with each other what works for them. And can I just tell you this? What works for one couple may not necessarily work for someone else, right? And I think all of you that have been married uh, for more than a day would agree with me on that. What works for somebody doesn't work for necessarily for somebody else. And again, getting back to our uh, series, the very first love language I touched on was words of affirmation. There's some of us that need to hear the words, uh, encouragement and so forth. Second was quality time. Last week I spoke on, uh, or the week before I spoke on uh, giving gifts. And then last week I spoke on acts of service. Have you all been doing the homework goals I've been giving you? I've been giving you homework goals. Even if you're not married here today, you can accomplish these love languages with relationships that you have with others, with your family. Amen? And again, the core values, I just want to emphasize on these again, we all have to have respect. We all have to show kindness. We all have to be gentle with each other. If you're missing those core elements in any relationship, 
It's not going to go well. I'll tell you that right now. It's just not going to go well. It's going to be a struggle. And this series has been about how to love your spouse beyond these basic core values, though. And it's all about communication. Today, again, I've been, uh, or I'm speaking on the fifth love language, and I've titled this sermon, The Power of Touch. Say that with me, The Power of Touch. How many believe that there is power in touch? There is also a negative power in touch as well. Depending on how you use that touch, it could be a negative or it could be a positive. Now, time, as I've touched on every single week, is involved in every one of these love languages. In fact, love is spelled this way, T-I-M-E. That's how love is spelled. If you're not willing to spend time with your loved one, whether it's your spouse or, or a son or daughter or whoever, uh, they're not going to value that relationship if you're not willing to spend the time. Amen? Amen. So again, recap the five love languages. Words of affirmation. And if we have those, can we put them on the screen? Uh, there they are. Words of affirmation. Quality time. And as, I, as you're seeing these up on the screen or reading them or hearing them, as I speak them, maybe one of them, again, is speaking to you. Uh, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and then today what I'm touching on, physical touch. No pun intended, touching on that. Okay. Now, I want you to, today to try to get the understanding of how important touch is. And you see, in the last couple of years, we've, we've, uh, we've been taught to not come in contact with those that have COVID-19, right? I mean, that's become a reality. We have had illnesses before, but COVID-19, oh, stay away from that person. Don't touch them. Don't breathe the air that they're breathing. And it's a serious thing because we've all been affected and know people that have passed away due to COVID. I have had friends that have passed away, pastor friends as well that have passed away. It's a serious thing. But imagine if the hospitals had said, oh no, I'm not going to deal with them, and, and neglected and didn't even admit them, didn't even touch them. Imagine how many more deaths we would have had if they had not received care, the touch of a professional, of a health professional. There's a blessing in modern mes- medicine, but there's also a blessing in physical touch, just the laying of hands on somebody. Can I get an amen? Again, Physical touch is one of the five love languages, and it refers to expressing and receiving affection through touch. Everybody say touch. Physical closeness. Say physical closeness. And other forms of physical connection, like, for example, like a kiss. And again, it doesn't have to be your spouse. It could be just a kiss on the cheek, you know, of, of, uh, of love, of affection. It could be hugging. How many huggers do we have in the house today? Raise your hand if you're a hugger. I know some of you are huggers, and I know some of you that are not huggers. Amen. Holding hands, uh, kissing, hugging, holding hands, and sex are all ways of showing love through the physical touch love language. Now, when I say physical touch, don't automatically think I'm talking about the sexual nature of touch. 
There's a time and place for that. But I'm not just talking about that. Amen? Yes, I said that in church. Can you believe it? And lightning didn't strike us. Okay. What I, more specifically, what I'm talking about is touch is a love language. That small physical gestures, such as having to put an arm around your partner, whether it's your child, whether it's your spouse. I remember when I went on my first date with Anna, we were in San Francisco, and anybody knows in the evening it gets cold, and we were on a cable car. We took a ride on a cable car, and so that was my opportunity to just say, hey, can I put my arm around you? You don't mind if I put my arm around? Because I was a gentleman. I asked her, and I knew she'd say yes, yeah, so I did. And then I just brought her in a little bit closer. But that was touch. We connected in that way on our very first date. Amen? And maybe you did something similar, and you, you remember the touch, how it impacted you at that moment. Maybe it's just sitting on the couch and leaning against your spouse or your son, your daughter, leaning against them, their shoulder on your chest. Um, maybe it's uh, those types of things because they mean sometimes much more than I love you. You know, physical contact sometimes can mean more than just words. Actions speak louder than words. How many believe that? Actions speak louder than words. Let me tell you, there's medical science will tell you that there's a psychological or actually a physiological reason that physical touch is so, and so enjoyable. Uh, they say that skin-to-skin -skin contact triggers the release of certain hormones. I don't know if you knew this, but associated with pleasure and bonding. For example, doctors tell us that our bodies secrete feel-good hormones like serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin which is known as the bonding hormone. Every mom that's ever given birth to a baby, what do they do the very first thing that that baby's born after they clean up? They put the baby on mom. Skin to skin, oftentimes, contact. That is for a good reason, because that ex, ex, uh, ex, um, the, the secretes the feel-good hormones, the bonding hormone between a newborn baby and its mother. And that continues throughout life. That your body needs touch. You may be here today, I'm not a hugger, but I would just want to remind you, your body needs touch. Amen? So let's get into this. Um, I want to put up on the screen, if we have Matthew chapter 8, if you have your Bible, if you have an electronic device, you can follow along. If not, just up on the screen. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. I want to read to you these following verses. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came. This kind of would have been their version of COVID-19. I mean, a severe case of COVID-19. This man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately, everybody say immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go and sh show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. 
Throughout the scriptures, we read that Jesus often touched people and that people touched Jesus or reached out to touch him. There's power in touch. There's power in touch. Years ago, there used to be a series called The Untouchables. How many remember that? Yeah, there's very few that's going to remember that. You've got to have gray hair like me to remember that. But it was called The Untouchables. And this is exactly what the lepers of Jesus' time were. They were untouchable. You couldn't touch them. In fact, they had to live in a separate colony called a leper colony all by themselves. Nobody could touch them. They would go for the rest of their lifetime without touch, without a hug, without a pat on the back, without a kiss on the cheek, without any type of physical touch. That is how their lives were spent. We can't imagine that. Because on a daily basis, somebody's giving you a hug. Somebody's shaking your hand. Hopefully somebody greeted you warmly at the door today. And in this case, lepers lived without a loving touch. So here's a man that's coming to the Lord in the middle of everybody. And he knows he's unclean because this is the other thing. Anytime they came out in public, if they ever did, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, coming through. They had to warn people that they were not worthy to be in their presence. To be careful, don't touch them. Can you imagine living like that? What it would do psychologically to you? I mean, the, these people were suffering and hurting. No physical touch Hadn't been touched by healthy hands in months, possibly years. But yet, Jesus reached out and touched him. Touched the man. Why did Jesus touch the untouchable? Why do you think that is? It wasn't to heal him, although that's what happened. He healed him. Because Jesus could have done that easily without even touching him. He could have just said, be healed. Did you know that? Jesus, in many versions, in many uh, scriptures, healed just by saying the words, be healed. But yet, in this case, he touched the man. He touched him because he knew that the man needed to be touched. To be healed not just physically, but psychologically, mentally, as well as physically. Amen? You know, healing isn't just on the outside. Healing takes place here in the heart and in the spirit. We all need healing of various types. When you, when you go to God, he wants to heal the whole body, the whole mind, the whole spirit. Amen? And that's what he did with this gentleman. Jesus knew that this man not only wanted to be healed, but to be loved, to be touched, to be accepted in public. Jesus gave this man something no one else was willing to give him, and he touched him and set him free and healed him. Can I share another scripture with you found in Mark chapter 10? And that, and that was my first point, backing up Jesus and physical touch. Jesus and the power of the physical touch. And we'll, we'll conclude that point with this, found in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 Starting in verse 13, again, a place where Jesus was healing, a place where Jesus was ministering. Verse 13 says, people were bringing little children to Jesus. I would imagine they were just like little Sean who was running in here earlier. 
They're about that age. And they're running around just like kids do. And uh, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. He physically touched them. You see, the disciples said, oh no, Jesus doesn't have time for these little kids. These kids are just messing around, running around. Jesus doesn't have time for that. Jesus stopped them, rebuked them, said, oh no, I want them to come here. I want to bless them. You see, they needed to know the power of touch. The power of touch. There's power in the touch of our Savior, amen? You see, touch communicates. Touch communicates. And even though his disciples thought that Jesus was too important, too valuable, he had other things to do, more important things to do. Jesus knew the importance of touch. Sometimes some of you come in, and I can see it in your spirit. You need a hug, a touch from someone. Amen? Uh, we've all been there. And, uh, and Jesus knew that. Here Jesus expressed two of those love languages. He expressed it in words of affirmation and in physical touch. He touched them, the Bible says, and blessed them. What an amazing way for Jesus to bless these little kids. What a lesson for these little kids to receive from Jesus, the master, amen, to receive that blessing. Let's go to the second point, the importance of of physical touch, and I hope you're getting this, that there's an, a, an important part of physical touch. And while all of us need some of these five lang love languages, we all need the affirmation, the, the quality time, the gifts, the, the acts of service, and physical touch. Everyone here needs to be touched. Everyone here needs to be touched. In fact, it's been proven that babies that, that are touched thrive, while babies that are neglected, that are not hugged, that are not touched, that are not shown affection, grow up much more troubled in their life. Though there are facts and studies done on that level. With no touch, babies often don't survive. I, I think of the natural. I know we've had puppies growing up. You know, how many have ever had puppies, little dogs growing up? And sometimes the mother will neglect one, one little puppy of a litter, and, and it won't get touched. And what happens? It ends up dying because it, it gets neglected because the mother doesn't pay any attention to it. It works the same way in our world. We need touch, amen? They literally die without touch. I want to share a... Another story, back in 2009, um, I was working briefly for a shipping company in American Canyon. I, I think I've shared this with you a few times, but I quickly found out it was kind of a dysfunctional company. They were really close, you know, cutting back in a lot of departments on cost-cutting measures and trying to do things to save the company, keep it running. 
Little did I know that it would be shortly that they would be closing the doors to the entire business. But in this department, the very first day, uh, I was working in what's called the receiving department. And I met this gentleman, and he came up to everybody in that department, and he gave him a hug. And he went to the next guy, and he gave him a hug. And he went to the next guy, and they all gave each other a hug in this department. I'm thinking, that is strange. I've never seen that before. I mean, I, on one side of me, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. But the other side was, you know, man, we just generally don't hug each other at work, right? How many men would agree with me? We just don't hug each other at work. Can you imagine construction workers coming up and, hey, bro, I need a hug today. You know, it's, it doesn't happen. But yet in this department, it was happening. And what I found out was that in this department, it was the best department in that whole company. It worked smoothly. Everybody got along. They took care of business because of touch. And you know who that gentleman was? It was Garland Steubenberry sitting right back there as our usher today. Give him a big hand. That's how I met Garland. He came up to me the very first day, shook my hand, and I believe it was the next day he gave me a hug because he wanted to check me out first. And he, you know, he did the once over, and then after that, I, apparently I, I was good, good enough to get a hug because I, I, I kind of felt different. I didn't get a hug. <laughs> and the next day, we all got hugs again. And Wednesday, we got a hug. And Thursday, we got a hug. And Friday, we, every single day I was there, he gave hugs to everybody. Amen. I thought that was unique. That's an awesome testimony to the power of touch. In that department, that department did extremely well. Touch is essential. Again, everybody needs touch. That's why our society has some forms of physical greeting. We typically shake your hand. How you doing, bro? Good to see you. Give each other a hug. Every, every culture has some sort of greeting like that, a physical greeting. Hugging for women, shaking hands for men. Why do we touch like that? Because it expresses warmth. It expresses affection. It expresses that you're accepted, that I welcome you, and I receive that back. How many are thankful for that? Amen? Simple gestures, but they mean so much more than that. My question to you this afternoon is, do you view touch as essential? And if you haven't been viewing touch as essential, maybe you need to review how you've been looking at the power of touch. Maybe today you need to begin to up your game on touch. You, need to, you may need to reevaluate the importance of, of touch upon your loved ones, upon your, your children, your grandkids. Amen? They need your touch. And as I head to closing here, I'm, I'm not going to take too much longer. The third point is, Physical touch is more than sex. Can I just say that here today? There's a hang-up for lots of people. When they think of touch, they think, oh, it's automatically going to lead to that. Can I just tell you, it doesn't have to. In fact, the best ways of showing your love are to not get to that, but showing touch in so much more ways than that. Amen? Sex is something that God created for the enjoyment of couples, of married couples. Can I get an amen? There's nothing to hide about that or be embarrassed about that. Sex was created by God for the enjoyment of couples. 
And that's just one aspect of love language. But men, if the only time you touch your wife is when you want that, then you're missing the boat. What happened to the simple holding of hands? Holding her hand, just going to the grocery store. Holding her hand as, as, as you're walking in the park. Just a kiss on the, on the forehead, on the cheek. Or with your loved ones, your, your, your sons, your daughters. A simple touch like that means everything. Amen? It's important to touch, to hug, to kiss, to communicate love, not just as a jump start to get in bed. Okay? It's much more than that. Amen? So even in marriage, not all touching is just all about that. It's much more than that. And that's a healing. It's a healthy way of living your marriage and living in, in your relationship. Let's go to the fourth point. Physical touch and emotional pain. Physical touch and emotional pain. I know all of you know that on June 2nd, my youngest sister, Yolanda, passed away. Uh, she was our beloved sister, beloved daughter of my parents. And after a long illness, she battled bravely, strongest warrior that we've ever known, amen, in our family. I mean, just an over uh, amazing amount of faith. But, you know, it's during those times of emotional pain when you lose a loved one, you don't remember the words people say to you, but you'll remember the hug. You'll remember the touch of someone just coming up and embracing you. How many would agree with me on that? that you'll remember the hug, the touch, uh, because I, I can say the same thing when my son passed away at the age of 20. Uh, I don't remember. There were, f so I think, 500 people there at the funeral. I don't remember who all was there, but I can remember the hugs I got. I, I don't remember the words. I have a funeral tape, a videotape from back then. Shows the funeral, shows the words, which I've watched over and over. But I don't remember even being there. When you're in those moments of emotional pain, you just remember later the hugs, how much emotional um, comfort they bring you. Can I get an amen? And all of you here have faced death from loved ones, from spouses, from sons and daughters. And, and when you do that, we all need the power of touch. There is power there in just the hand being laid on you, just a pat on the back. It's so powerful, and that's what I want you to get today. There is power in touch. Amen? There are times when physical touch is the very best way to communicate love. That's almost always true when there's emotional pain involved. If we can get some of that air back on. It's getting a little warm in here today. Thank you. Um, in this type of scenario where there's emotional pain, touch communicates more than words. Remember, there's tremendous benefits to meeting the emotional needs of your spouse. And if your spouse's love language is physical touch, meaning they always want to have your arm around them or you want the, they want your hand to be holding their hand, then make that choice to lovingly touch them. Even though that may not be your love language, love them that way. Amen? Love is a choice. Love is doing what is best for others, no matter what it costs me. It's being a servant to your spouse. Amen? It's being a servant to the one that you love. 
Amen. Would you stand with me as we, we close this afternoon? I just want to read one more scripture. It's not on your outline but, or on the screen. But uh, Ephesians chapter 5, which is, talks about marriages and relationships. I just want to read to you three verses, four verses. Verse 21 says, Submit to one another, speaking to married couples, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Rule number one, respect each other. Amen? Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Verse 25, but listen to this, men. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, men, are you willing to give your life for your spouse? If you're not, that's, that's the mandate. That's what Christ is telling you. Christ gave his life for you. And the word of God is saying, men, you ought to be able to give your life for your woman, for your wife. Amen? And then the final verse, verse 33. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I think I've covered that at the very beginning, about the respect. It has to be a mutual respect. How many agree with me on that in order to have a loving relationship? Do you receive that today as we conclude this, this uh, series? I hope that you've been reading that book that I gave to every one of you. And uh, if you need a book, let me know. I can give, a, I can give you another one. Um, the Five Love Languages will help you in your marriage. It will help you in relationships, period. Read that book, and I, and I promise you it will be a blessing to you. Let's bow our heads and let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We have hidden your word in our hearts so that we might not sin against you, is what the word says. And Lord, while we do that, I also pray that we would honor that word in Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about men and women and relationships. That men, we ought to honor our wives and be willing to give our life for our spouse. That we learn to respect each other. Not just wives with men, but men with wives. And Lord, as we learn to do that, as we learn to love on them through these love languages that we've learned about these last few weeks, that our marriages would be blessed, that our relationships with one another would be blessed. So, Father, right now, with every hand lifted up to receive a blessing today, I pray your blessings upon every person here today. I pray whether they're married, whether they're single, divorced, widowed, Father, I pray your blessings upon them. I pray, God, that you would honor them that they would look to you, Father, and make you number one in their lives and their relationships. And as they do that, that they would discover the blessings you have for their life. So, Father, I pray that for them in the name of Jesus. And as always, Lord, before we close every service, I pray this blessing over everyone, that the Lord bless you and keep you, that the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.